jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! So a kind listener... Hello, kind listener, if you're listening. Unlike those rude ones. Yeah, not like all the jerks we have. Uh, <laughs> kind listener was re-listening to some of our uh, placenta-centric episodes. You know, when we uh, that was our thing for a while, talking about placenta. We did. We had a placenta saga. Yeah. For <laughs> yeah. a while. Yeah, anyway, she was listening to those, and then she asked if I had heard of uh, the human flavored tofu. Hufu. Hufu. Yes. I, I had not heard of Hufu. You hadn't? I had believe it or not, I had not heard of it. Stacy, especially as like an internet 1.0 prospector. I know. Hufu. It sounds like Hulu. It sounds like an it's a, yeah, it sounds like an app. Like <laughs> Oh, me? I subscribe to Quibi and Hufu. Oh, no. Right. Yeah, it's it's where we're watching Halloween Bangs Part 2 next year. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hufu. So I had not heard of Hufu, the human-flavored tofu. <laughs> Hufu, now that's the mascot. It's Hufu, <laughs> who is in fact the human-flavored tofu. I'm Hufu. <laughs> Anyway, do we need human flavored tofu? It was like I, she sent me the thing about like what it's for, basically, and it was like you know for the curious who want to try it, anthropologists whatever. who study cannibalism, right? Or for cannibals who want like a and I'm like, do we need to cater to the cannibals here? <laughs> Just go without, you know what I mean? Like you, I'm sorry that you're a cannibal. But just, you have to go without. Because the people who are at, might actually be cannibals, like maybe some remote tribe in Papua New Guinea or something, like, they're not going to fucking eat hufu. Are you kidding me? Some white missionary is going to go over there and be like, would you like to, first of all, try Jesus, and second of all, try hufu instead? Like, this is not... It's so white people, right? It well, it's for you. Don't don't knock the cannibal on the go. That I will a a safe store bought solution. I will cannibal shame. <laughs> I will do it, and I will not feel bad about it. I will not come up with some other word to call them. You know. <laughs> No, you're a cannibal and people you should People who eat people. <laughs> yeah, people who eat people. From the Streisand song. <laughs> you are a cannibal and you should not be. So this is a, a yum you're yucking on the record. Absolutely. And I'm not going to feel bad about it. <laughs> if you look if you want to shove hufu up your butt that's a yum that you know what go for it 
like, do people do that? I probably. Like, if there's a, a thing that exists, somebody has or wants to shove it up their butt, right? Like, but anyway, my point is, like, go for it. But if you're a cannibal, do not. So we're hearing it here f- first, folks. <laughs> That's a Stacey, take. Stacy has laid down the law. Yeah, she will not stand for cannibalism. I mean, if it's like the Donner Party or the soccer team that crashed in the fucking Andes yeah. Mountains or whatever, if it's a survival thing and you're eating the dead. That's your business. Like, I'm not going to tell you not to do it. But if you're just like, oh, I'm a cannibal. Like, because you're an edgy teen or something. Like, (laughs) that's what I asked her. I was like, oh, is can like, we have to cater to the cannibals now. Like, is cannibal the noon? Like, I'm a vampire. Like, in the 90s. Yeah. Hot topic vampires. Yeah. You just, like, fucking wear a choker and go to a golf club. Like, you're not actually a vampire. Did you ever watch, um, uh, this was also Internet 1.0, um, or that era, it was the same era as Hufu. Did you ever watch, oh fuck, what was it, Mad, Mad Monster, no not Mad Mon- Mad Mad House. Mad Mad House, on, it was the Sci-Fi Channel reality television show program. No. It, they had, they had, you, you got all these, it was like Big Brother and they get all these strangers together and they have to live in a house with a witch a vampire uh they call i think a voodoo priestess um and then there was a modern primitive they called him a modern primitive which is fucked up but it was it was literally just like a fetish dude that like hung himself from hooks on his his back and stuff and they hired fiona horn was this like she's a spectacular white woman wiccan in australia who's like witchcraft is just about you know like (laughs) cups and stuff and so they, they, they had her on. She's, like, <laughs> trying to be the Kylie Minogue of witchcraft. And then they had, um, oh, what was his name? It was, like, Don Henry or something. And he was the vampire. And he was, like, fully saying he was actually a vampire. And he, like, there was a challenge where, like, you had to drink blood with him. And he wore, like, he dressed like Lestat. And it was just the stupidest thing ever. And I loved it. See, that's what I'm wondering, is if this is what cannibals are. But you're telling me that Hufu is Internet 1.0. It's already retro. I'm Well, the truth, Stacey, that you don't want to know <laughs> is that Hufu wasn't real. <gasps> I can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you're turning in your gun, turning in your badge. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't real? No. It was, so I was obsessed with the website because I thought it was real. And I was not a cannibal. I was not a vampire. I wanted to be a vampire. But I, I went as far as watching Mad Madhouse and being like, that's gross. And he's very he's full of himself. The Hufu, it was a joke website that this guy set up. But because it was Internet 1.0, nobody knew that it was a joke. Oh. And it's so funny that you bring this up because I literally just read an article and not the headline. I read the whole article because I said, this is about Hufu. This is relevant content to my youthful self. And I clicked it. And it talked about how he ran the website for like two years and then it went down. And it was just like a joke that he made because he was just bored. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> but I was really excited to hear this like treatise. Well, never mind. Well. 
But it did say, it did advertise all those things. And it said for the anthropological student trying to understand, you know, what it tastes like and etc. For the cannibal on the go, you know, Khufu. All right. Well, you got you got deep faked. You got fake news. I got fake news. Hmm. Not a kind listener anymore. (laughs) Is she? (laughs) I love that. I love that. This is what you the the interactions you get with listeners (laughs) is who. You know, I got. I had a kind listener Mm -hmm. who. I don't do the, I, well, okay, this listener uh, sent me a message, and what he did was he put my face, and he put it in one of those apps. Oh, no. I don't do that because, like, you know, it steals all your information and stuff. Yeah, the Russians have it now. But I was like, well, at least it's just a picture of my face, and it's not connected to my account, so I appreciate this, because what he did is he put it in the app, and then put it in the machine, where it, this is how I understand how the app works. It turned my face, it put, it made me into Clarice Starling. And then I'm Clarice Starling in all the scenes. I see. And then he sent the video to me and I was like, I actually love this. Thank you so much. This is my lifelong dream to be Clarice Starling. (laughs) (laughs) So now I have a video saved on my phone as me saying like, yeah, she was a big girl. (laughs) And I'm really excited. Oh, the riches this podcast has brought. (laughs) You got lied to about tofu. Yeah. I don't think she knew it was a lie. She wasn't trying to trick me. You both got faked news. Yeah. I feel like we can all (laughs) look back at this up front and say that we've grown. And say it's the best. And like this many episodes in, how did the Gaylords just raise the bar every single week? They just get better and better, right? We're like James Cameron with the Avatar sequels. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You, Those are happening, right? <laughs> None of them have come out yet. And yeah. yet he's made like ten of them. Oh, Anthony. Anthony, look. Look over there. <laughs> over there. Over there. Anthony, look. It's lovely Molly. Oh, lovely Molly down by the knoll. The grassy knoll. <laughs> <laughs> look at her. Just being lovely, isn't Just she? The picture of loveliness she is. <laughs> Good old lovely Molly. She's as fresh as a bar of Irish spring she is. <laughs> Do Irish people use Irish spring? Uh, probably not. Oh. Uh, yeah, man. Lovely Molly, which is one of the, uh, uh, a film from the Black Mold series. It is. It is. For those of you that don't remember, um, because you're invested in, like, maintaining important facts in your brain. The the Black Mold series, this was a saga of films from 2016. I think, it, yeah, it was 2016. We were living in this place that was full of mold. Well, it was really 2015, 2016. It was full of mold, spores everywhere. I lost an entire closet worth of clothes and dragged to it. Um, absolute atrocity. Meanwhile, as that all was happening, it was also the time of the 2016 election, and then Trump won. I don't know if you remember this. It was very traumatic. (laughs) Um, And then I watched several movies that were infected with these... My brain was infected with spores. And so I said, I hate all of these films. So films that I later have come back and reevaluated on this very show, 
that I've realized I love. Autopsy of Jane Doe. All Cheerleaders Die. The fucking Wailing. A perfect film. So the last film on this list of movies that I absolutely hated that I now understand maybe I would like them had I not been living in a time of sheer trauma and spore infestation is Lovely Molly. Hmm. Yeah. I was curious to go back to this one. I, I had only seen it once before. This movie, I, first of all, I can't believe this movie is 10 years old. Don't say that. How is that possible? I only saw it the one time years and years ago, and I really, really enjoyed it. And so I was curious to, to go back to it and say, maybe it's not, as, maybe it's better than you remember, Anthony. Maybe it's not as good as I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were both interested in finding out where we fell. Yeah. I still really like it. I still think it's real good. Survey says, here's the thing. I thought this was a really good movie. Okay. I will qualify that a little further. I'll explore that a little further and say, I did not find it enjoyable at all. It's a real downer and not like a, mm, sounds like an oxymoron, but not like a feel good downer. Like it's just a downer of a fucking movie from beginning to end, really. Yeah. Like, would you consider Hereditary a feel-good downer? Yes, it's enjoyable to watch even as things are miserable. And maybe that's because Hereditary is so heightened or something that it just uh, crosses into melodrama, maybe. Yes. And Toni Collette is so incredible. And there's horror stuff and it gets gross at times or it's shocking or whatever. It's shocking. But this is just... It's sad. Yeah. It's like, it, it, but it's not like Hagazusa where I can recognize that there's goodness within, like unto Darth Vader, that there's goodness within him. <laughs> it's not like that where I'm like, this is really sad. This is a downer. But also I'm watching this woman wade through the swamp for 17 hours with like mushroom photography. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm going to set myself on fire now. Um, it was, it's a really well-made film, Lovely, Lovely Molly, that lovely Irish lass. Uh, it's just so, it's, it's very effective at what it's doing, and what it's doing is bumming you the fuck out. Because Molly is going through it. She's been through it. And that's the thing, is like, she's, there's no relief, really, from it. Like, she's been through it, and then she goes through it, and then it's over. (laughs) that is a a plot arc yes (laughs) yeah Yeah, this is as jamie lee curtis would say this is a film about trauma uh it's it's dark it's upsetting uh it's very well made it's it's made by eduardo sanchez co-director of the blair witch project yes yes my personal favorite films produced by greg hale also producer of the blair witch project yes yes um i love there's uh, a great use of found footage that f- is also incorporated in this film. It's kind of interwoven into the narrative. You get, you get, you know, these regular, um, I guess, third person traditional narrative film scenes, and then you get these found footage moments because Molly has a camcorder, and it's actually it 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 lets you in on the the character's interior sort of psychological state or or lack thereof, kind of her disassociation. And it also heightens the sense of upset (laughs) and what's happening as you see these voyeuristic kind of films and what she's recording when she's not also being watched by the camera, by the viewer. 
It's not a good time. It's not a good time. That's why I, I was like, I can say this is, I was wrong about this film. It's a good movie, but I did not enjoy one aspect of it. No, I did. I enjoyed the acting. I can say like that. I, I, I enjoyed what went into it. I can appreciate that. I enjoyed, I, I absolutely enjoyed Alexandra Holden from Drop Dead Gorgeous because I love her. Yeah, she's terrific in this. But, uh, yeah, great movie. Fucked up. Don't watch it. It's sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got some creepy shit. It's really creepy. Yeah. It's one of those that at the end you don't know really what's going on. You say to yourself, is Molly just on drugs? Is Molly a kukula manza? Uh... Oh, what? <laughs> What did Dennis Franz just say to me? <laughs> hey, she's a kukulamanza. Uh, <laughs> is she possessed? Is she just traumatized and severely mentally ill and an unreliable narrator? You kind of mm-hmm. don't know, and it's sort of like, take your best shot. Like, whatever, and whatever narrative works for you as a viewer, I say sure. Yeah. I wish that I hadn't gone back and then read more about the film um, after because I like that open-endedness that you're speaking to. Uh, This film, I went back and I read a bit about it. It was originally titled The Possession. Um, It explores even more more about like who is that horse character that constantly shows up. (laughs) Who who is the clomp, clomp, clompin' that you hear around the house. It goes a lot more into that. Um, but that said, it could still be very, it's obviously very symbolic. And to the point where actually I had kind of an ethical question about this film where I was like, to what extent is it appropriate to compare or make horror or aestheticize, you know, the idea of drug addiction or mental illness and, and kind of line that alongside possession? Um, but I guess that, that's so intertwined with Western society and how we look at possession anyway. So And, and horror itself. So I don't know. Well, it's the same thing in uh, whatchamacallit, right? Absolutely. <laughs> what is it? Old lady. Old lady. Oh, oh, yeah, but but with dementia. With dementia, yeah. But that's also, but that's, and that was the question I had when I watched um, Relic. Because mm-hmm. you're talking about Deborah Logan. Deborah Logan, yeah, yeah. Taking a Deborah Logan. Um and that, I had a similar question also. But so, sometimes it just depends on how you do it, you know? Just because you're tackling problem, what could be problematic <laughs> material doesn't mean that it in itself is. Uh, versus, like, I, I looked at that film Relic that I think both of us watched kind of... It was one of the first new films I saw during the pandemic, during the beginning, the onset of the pandemic, because it's still happening. Hi, Omicron. And... Um, I remember with Relic, I was like, when I began to understand that there was a twist at hand, I was like, oh no, cringe. And then I saw how beautifully it was handled, and it was actually very emotional and very aesthetically had a reason, you know? Yeah, that's a movie that people kind of have forgotten about. Or didn't didn't even really talk about a whole lot when it hit. Maybe because it did happen pretty early on in the pandemic, and we all had bigger concerns but now that the pandemic is you know over uh yeah it's done (laughs) it's done now maybe people should go back and revisit it or check it out for the first time if they haven't seen it yet 
If you haven't seen it, absolutely. If you're a fan of, like, these bummer movies that we're going to be talking about, like, the lovely Molly, uh, uh, Deborah Logan, if you're a fan of that, like, I def absolutely hit up Relic because it's very well done. And, and um, ex- exquisite star power in that movie, too. The actresses are all incredible. It gets murky. It definitely yeah. gets murky. Well, but it, and it's murky, and, and yeah, there's questions about that, but it is also interesting to kind of show... I think as a way of maybe relating to the viewer, the cyclical nature of trauma, which right. ha- Halloween Kills was all about. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, but you know, like when you get to the end of the film and you see what is now happening with the sister, it's like, oh, it's it. There's there's kind of an inevitability. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's really escapable. It's something that you have to confront. I also think it's a time-honored horror tradition uh, in horror pretty much that exclusively centers women, except for maybe The Invitation is one that doesn't, but where it's the woman has been through something and now something else is happening that might be supernatural or not, but everybody's like, hey. You used to use drugs. Hey, you yeah. spent time in the men. You know, let let's scare Jessica to death. It's like, hey, remember yeah. you had that breakdown, and so everybody kind of gaslights or doesn't believe somebody that it's happening. So that's kind of what we get in Lovely Molly. Also, it absolutely is. That's interesting. Like the 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 believe women question mark genre. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Ma, the film begins basically, well, it's kind of all told in flashback because it begins, begins with Molly filming herself, talking about how everything she did, she didn't really do. And she tries to slit her own throat, but she doesn't. And she says, he won't let me do it. Um, then we go to Molly's wedding. She's marrying Tim. Everything's great. Her sister Hannah is there. They are moving into Molly's family home that has been empty for a while. Her mother and her father are both dead. Um, and almost immediately shit starts to happen in the house. The alarms go off in the middle of the night and a door is open. Um, but is there somebody there? Who knows? Tim, the husband, is a trucker, and so he goes away uh, a lot, very frequently, and Molly gets lonely. Molly is a recovering heroin addict. Is she going to start using again? She finds a secret stash. Maybe she's going to use again. She starts acting real crazy. Yeah, shit gets weird. Shit gets really weird. Everybody's concerned about her. Is she having a breakdown? Is she mentally ill? Is she using again? What's going on? Uh, She insists that her father isn't really dead, but no one can see him. The viewer doesn't see him, but we do hear hooves outside the door and we hear a voice, but we never see anything. Mm -hmm. But Molly clearly sees it. Um, Like you said, she has a camcorder, and so we get footage that she has filmed at times. She goes out into the shed in the backyard at one point, and lifts up a floorboard, and there seems to be some kind of a shrine mm-hmm. buried underground that has some demon-looking shit with it. Um, things spiral out of control. The end. <laughs> 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 well, I don't know how many 
people have seen this. I mean, whatever, we can spoil it. But it's like people end up, Tim ends up dead. Uh, the pastor ends up dead. Molly ends up full Kukulamanza. She walks off into the woods where a horse-headed demon greets her with open arms. It's a great shot. It really is. Um, and it's probably happening again with her sister. There's, It's been implied if not outright stated, but strongly implied without saying the words that uh, their father was raping Molly. And yep. it's quite possible, it seems very likely, that Hannah killed him to protect her. Um, Did he also kill the mother? I think so, because at one point... Um, Molly has called the sheriff because she thought somebody broke into the house. And when he comes out, she asks him if he knew her father when he was still alive. And he said, yeah, we got called out here a few times. And Molly says, oh, I don't remember any of that. And he says, like, well, that's for the best. Yeah. Yeah. And so if he was abusing the mother, probably. Yeah. And the sisters mention uh how the like the mom spent her last days there and if only they'd gone to help her or something yeah and it's it's actually kind of brilliant how little information is given to you explicitly in this film mhm cuz it's it's stuff that the characters don't even want to talk about or acknowledge because it's something that they're all running from right there's a lot of uh unconfronted trauma in the past but it's all coming up because she's in this house and it i mean it speaks to you have to deal with the trauma one way or another. Yeah. You can't just pretend it's not there. Yeah. Uh, the drugs won't make it. It sounds like Molly was in the hospital for a while for some kind of mental problem and had bad things happen to her while she was in the hospital, but we're not told what. Um, but everybody knows what kind of horrors mental institutions can hold. Yeah, to the point that her sister isn't willing to commit her, even though she is back on the drugs and things are not going good, and she's bitten her husband's fucking lips off. And but her, but her early on, the reason why I said something earlier is early on in the proceedings, her husband says like, "You really should go see a doctor. Something's not right," and she says, "We don't have health insurance." And that's one of my favorite things about this movie is that these are regular people. Like, he's a trucker. She is a custodian at the mall. Mm-hmm. They live in this worn-down house that was handed down to them. And it's like, it just brought to mind, like, My Bloody Valentine. Of, like, we don't get movies about working-class people in horror. It's always like, well, one of the spouses is an architect and the other one is a psychiatrist. I designed a smart home with a panic room. (laughs) Yeah! And it's like, where's the fucking woman who takes out the garbage at the mall? Oh, give me that movie. I mean, that's this this movie. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) (laughs) But imagine Margot Martindale as Pam. And she takes out the trash at the mall, and then she has to stop a killer. Right. And she doesn't die at the hands of Horseman. Yeah, lovely Molly. She takes out the trash at the mall, and then she is the killer. That's true, yeah. But I just, I love that, because it's like, and I don't know if it comes from my own personal history of, like, growing up in a blue-collar family, where it's like, my mom worked at a department store. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm. and it's just maybe not being able to see your own kind of family in a horror movie, but horror so often, like if people have jobs in horror movie, horror movies, they're usually glamorous to some degree. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's the same with all media. I mean, that's why I think Roseanne was so cutting edge. Yeah. It was because it was like, for the first time, so many people in this country were able to see representations that were closer to their, like, economic, like, reality. Where it was like, oh, okay, now this is why Roseanne is my sitcom mom. <laughs> like, because mm-hmm. that was the only one you could relate to. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, like, Full House, they have a fucking townhome in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yep, but here, it's like, she doesn't go to the doctor because they don't have health insurance and they can't but- afford it. I, I, so I felt you glowing at the other end of the manor when I, when I <laughs> got that line of dialogue. But I was, I also started glowing. I was blown away um, because that's never addressed in a horror film, like you're saying, you know? Yeah. It's like in Scream, the kids get cut up, but you know, they're like the ones that live are going to be fine because they, li- everybody lives in fucking Sonoma County and they all have mansions with like vineyards. <laughs> yeah. Like when Casey Becker is bleeding out and she's screaming at her parents, like, What's between her and her parents? The fucking vineyard. Like, they're rich people. So it's just shocking. I can't think of another horror movie. I mean, My Bloody Valentine, like you said, also is working class horror. But I can't think of another horror movie where a character can't go to the doctor because they don't have health insurance. And that is said. And it's just so real. Mm -hmm. Like, we have had that conversation. Yeah. And it's just wild. Yes, to people who live in other countries <laughs> that are listening, people here don't go to the doctor because they can't afford it. Or when they like get hit by a car, they say to all the people standing around, no, don't call an ambulance for me. I can't afford it. Yeah, yeah, we're looking at you, Canadians, with your <laughs> with your yeah. land acknowledgments and your universal <laughs> health care. <laughs> It's wild, but it's the truth, and it's the reality for so many people yeah. in this country. Yeah, you know? it's absolutely fucked up and repulsive. So even when people in horror movies aren't rich, they're at least, like, suburbia rich. Like, Halloween or A Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, these are all families who own homes. Listen, the people in Haddonfield are supposed to be all down on their luck in the Halloween bangs part, you know? But what, they take Lindsay to the hospital and just wheel her off and she's fine. <laughs> right. Lindsay with her flannel and her nose ring. What, what if she didn't, what if she said, I don't have health insurance? Lori Strode spends Halloween yeah. too in a hospital in a wig. Right? <laughs> she does. In a bed. People, in a yeah. wig. <laughs> yeah. People don't worry about the bills. And I get it. Like, you know, then it turns into the Phantom Menace where it's like, let's talk about bill number 237.1. <laughs> yeah, everyone's excited for lightsabers and they're like, Chancellor. Yeah. The trade routes. <laughs> the trade agreements, Chancellor. The trade agreements. <laughs> Like, we don't like that, but I do enjoy that it's a different demographic than what we're given. Because apartment-based horror also isn't any less wealthy. It's always, like, the nice apartment building, the high-rise, the penthouse apartment or whatever. It's not, Mm -hmm. like, the apartment. It's not, I mean, unless you're talking, like, the original Candyman or something like that. It's not an apartment complex that's lower class. Have you seen, I don't think you've seen it, but have you seen Dream Home? No, not yet. We, honestly, we should do it someday. Yeah. I it really want to see it. It is profoundly fucked up. I don't know if I would like it nowadays. I loved it when I first saw it because I was like, this is wicked brutal. <laughs> like, yeah. it was, you know, it was like 2009 or something. 
Um, 2010, I think, when I saw it. And, um, but I mean, it's similar. It's a woman that, there's this high rise and it's super fancy, but she can't get on the list. And so she just starts killing all the people that live there in the hopes that she'll be selected to get an apartment. And so, but it's, it's just interesting that like, that so, that so little comes up that, that kind of, I guess it comes up in Asian horror films. Like we saw that in, uh, the one we just watched. (laughs) the the pink shoes (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and i it's just it's so funny that for like economic anxiety to be such a talking point especially in the united states like around the last election i mean it's all bullshit but you know it's like it was such a talking point or whatever but it's so rarely addressed in any meaningful way and and the sort of like poor people in horror movies are like we're the brothers from Wrong Turn! You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I work at the gas station with the jars full of murky liquid! You know, it's just like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I love it. So, I don't know. That's just, it's one of my favorite things about this movie. It's really interesting, and it, it absolutely explains, okay, well, this is why she's not being treated for all of the severe problems that she is encountering right now. So it's real life. It's real life. People go untreated for, I mean, especially mental. Like, getting treated for mental illness, especially in this country, is such a privilege. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, one, to just get past the stigma of thinking that it's actually something worth treating. Right. I mean, you even look at our beloved housewives... They're fucking rich. I mean, well, not Erica. But like they're they're rich and yet they don't do therapy because there's so much stigma around it. Until Potomac when Sharice got therapy and then it turned into a ripple effect of suddenly everybody getting into going into therapy <laughs> yeah. and it was incredible. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's it's just it just doesn't get treated. And that's in Lovely Molly, it's the same reason why she's stuck in this horrible house where her parents both died. You know, where she grew up and was raped and traumatized and, and like, the, the seeds of her drug addiction were born there. Like, she's stuck there because they even say, like, oh, we should have sold this house. Her sister says, I can't believe you you actually moved into this house. And they're like, we should have sold it. But they wouldn't have gotten anything for it. So they're just stuck with it. So it's just she is cast to this, this lot in life. She's stuck in this house. She can't get treated. And unfortunately, I mean, the downer ending absolutely makes sense because this is what the system has prescribed for her. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, uh, it would be a, quote, happier ending, but it wouldn't feel as true if she was all of a sudden like, you know, Barbara from Night of the Living Dead, 1990, who just like kicks ass and yeah, fuck (laughs) you, demon. Like instead, she succumbs to everything, but yeah. that's that's the way things tend to go. But I do want to see the Barbara version variant version where she ties the <laughs> bandana around her head. And... <laughs> otherwise, still nude. Like she's so, she's naked through so much of this movie, so she's otherwise still nude. But she does tie on a bandana. <laughs> she's nude, has the bandana on. She's shooting at deductibles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> She takes down horse-headed gods and the insurance <laughs> world. She's fighting for universal health care. <laughs> She's our naked, bonkers Rosie the Riveter. Yeah, <laughs> naked Avenger. Yeah, I love her. Poor Molly. I, poor Molly. Gretchen Lodge is fantastic. This is her first 
uh, movie role. She's really terrific. This was her first role? Yeah. That's fucked up. It's one of those performances where you say, like, why isn't this person in more things? That was my question. I don't think I've seen her in, like, much else. Yeah. If anything. Yeah. And this movie actually did get attention. I think it's Eduardo Sanchez's best known movie besides Blair Witch. Like, he did the Bigfoot one, but I think this was the best known. It got the a best re- reception, I think. It's uh, got some gnarly shit in it. Like I said, it's got some scary sequences. I mean... Oh, that door. She's like... So she's hiding. She's like running from this fucking horse demon, who, who is also her dad. And she's like running from this thing. She's like shuts herself in her bedroom. She has the camcorder, so you're seeing everything through her eyes. And then like that door just flies open. You hear the the clomping coming towards it. Flies open. She shuts it, and then she's just waiting. She's dropped the camera, so the camera the camera view is paralyzed and just fixed on that door. And it just slowly opens, and then you hear the clomp, 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 and then the it just cuts away. <sighs> it's even worse, almost even worse, even without the first person's pr- perspective, when um, uh, her husband uh, Tim comes back home. And he finds Molly in the state and she's kind of catatonic and she's nude and she's holding the camcorder. And then and then it starts happening again. And she's describing him coming. She's describing him outside the door. She shuts them in the bedroom door. They're both staring at the door and she's terrified. He doesn't hear anything. We as the viewer are not given any information. It's just Molly says he's there and why can't you can't see him? And it's terrifying. As he's leading, Tim's leading her out of the room and the camera is just focused on molly's face and she's screaming at you know the the ghost or the whatever she's being tormented by and she's screaming like why are you why do you only show yourself to me show show yourself to him and you know that like where you the viewer are because the camera's focused at her face looking at you at him you know that there's a ghost there and they can't see it and it's scary it's very scary It's very scary. It goes into way into downer territory, though, so it's not, like, super scary throughout. Jason asked, like, how did it hold up? Because he, he didn't, he wasn't able to watch it with me, so he says, how, how did it hold up? And I was like, you know, it was exactly what I said. I was like, it's really good, and I did not enjoy it. <laughs> like, it's, I think that that's the intent of the film, I think. Right. There's nothing pretty about her story. There's nothing funny or fun about this woman's life story. No. And then you know that it's going to, this this trauma is going to recycle. It's now at the end when the sister comes to the empty house. Everyone is dead. Molly is missing. She went off with horse dad. And she's somewhere, if not dead herself. Sister comes in, finds the photographs, flips through the book of photographs. Starts noticing that suddenly horse heads have been transposed onto all the pictures of their father. And then she goes, she hears something in the closet, opens the door, and then suddenly she's got the hypnotized, outreached arms. And it just cuts. And you're like, oh, well, it's happening again. Good times were had by all. (laughs) Fucked up movie. It's real fucked up. I'm glad you liked it. You know what I mean? Liked question mark. Right. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm very glad I reevaluated it. It's a, it's a good movie. It's scary. It's very effective at what it does. It's just really sad. And sometimes, sometimes you want a downer horror film, you know? Yeah, more often than not, I tend to. 
Well, especially, but, I think, at this phase of life, right? Yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. in this current backdrop. Yeah. Um, there is fucked up stuff around this movie, too. So when I did a screening of The Blair Witch Project with Greg Hale, the producer, which I'll never stop talking about because it was one of my favorite things ever, um, we did a Q&A with Greg after, and I kind of addressed, like, I, I don't know how we got on the topic, but I asked him, I asked him just, you know, about his career and like other films he's produced. And he brought up Lovely Molly. And he actually like got, like, I can't speak for him and I can't even remember exactly what he said. So I can't quote him. But the look of dread in his eyes when he looked at me and started talking about Lovely Molly, like the movie itself is haunted, I think. <laughs> he thinks. I'm not sure. But he said that, that he said their first mistake was they chose to film it in an actual haunted house. And so he said this this entire shoot was a nightmare and that this the the ghost or whatever was in this house was fucking with them throughout the film and throughout the making of the film. Um and then he said he was like, Yeah, it got he's like just talking about how bad it got. Um and then he's like, and then our lead actor went and killed someone and himself after it. Yeah, when I was reading about this, uh, because I looked up all the actors and I was like, what else have they all done? And I remember that story about him when it happened. Yeah. And then to go back and read the whole story and like he had a really sad end. It's honestly like, and I'm not trying to sound like a piece of shit or like I'm cool or like, oh, full circle. But like, it's really sadly similar to Lovely Molly, the story. Like, he had a rough time with abuse and drugs, um, and then it spiraled out of control. He had a traumatic brain injury, like, right after filming this. He had a mo- he was on Sons of Anarchy, and I guess he rode motorcycles. He quit Sons of Anarchy. He crashed his motorcycle. He had a traumatic... He suffered a traumatic brain injury, which I... Someone in my life also experienced that, and it transforms you into a different person. Yeah, can, absolutely. It, bad things happen, and it can co- trigger really antisocial behavior it's really hard to, to live with um and so things like got just out of hand and yeah ultimately he like killed his landlady and then he died he also attacked like two other people and it's weird because i thought i thought he had killed himself but i guess when i was reading about it it just seemed like he was found had fallen to his death and they actually ruled it accidental um but then it was even weirder because he had like strangulation marks around his neck they said at the time of death but he fell it's just weird and upsetting. Yeah. It seems like, from what I read, it wasn't so much the drugs. Like, he didn't really... Like, they, they tried to use a drug excuse or reason to get but it was him like weed, out of right? charges. Yeah, it was like weed. But his attorneys tried to use that of, like, to get him off of other charges of, like, oh, we'll send him to rehab or whatever. But the mm. vast majority of it was untreated brain injuries. Yeah. Which also is a fucked up story. Like, we don't understand what that does to people. Yeah, sometimes it can just make you depressed. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. brain injuries can trigger depression, like, severe depression. In him, it triggered, like, psychotic episodes. Yeah, my... Someone in my life that this happened to, like, they held their brother hostage with a machete while the police were outside their home for three hours. And that was just one incident. Like, this person is now living in a hospital where they need constant care. It's really fucked up. Um, So it's just, it's a sad story, but it was wild. Like, when Greg was talking about it, like, you could see the pain in his face talking about it. And 
I was unsure how much of it he connected to the haunted house from Lovely Molly. Well, this movie came out in 2011 and that actor died. All of that happened and he died in 2012. Uh, so it felt like it was still very fresh for Greg. And um, I can only imagine how hard it would be to also make this movie and then like have to promote it. And then that's all happens. And But I wanted to know more about the haunted house itself. Because <laughs> I'm like, well, that just sounds fun and not also sad. <laughs> but um, like, what a fucking... Uh series of things to have to also deal with on top of making this move this specific film so that's also like the film not a downer what an emotional roller coaster this episode is huh listen there's a new variant we're just we're just keeping things fresh just like just like corona oh well (laughs) (laughs) wow Uh, I guess I'm going to go lay down instead of doing the chopping block. Okay, I'm just going to lay down on the chopping block. <laughs> yeah, whatever, gonna, like, whatever happens, happens. Just straight across it. Mm-hmm. Yes, lengthwise. And then if I die, I'll be one of those, what are they, the bodies exhibit thing. Oh, oh the body world? Yeah. I'll just be sliced in half lengthwise <laughs> for all to see. Because <laughs> as we know, that's what they do at Body Worlds. They just chop you in half, and then they just present you freshly yes. chopped. Yes. First, they ask you horror trivia questions. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking about last week. What? Well, I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen The Sixth Sense. Oh yeah. Okay. Which was the question I died on? The red shawling. Yeah. And I just thought to myself this week, without doing any kind of research or anything, or certainly not watching the movie again, I said to myself, had Anthony called it the afterlife and not the other world? But then I didn't know if that was a term the movie used, and then if it was, then I'm mad at M. Night Shyamalan. It was the term M. Night Shyamalan used... To describe it when he talked about the movie. And so I used it. And that's why I said, when you lost, and I'm not trying to rub it in, but when you did, when you did not answer <laughs> When I died. When you did not supply the answer, the heads they was looking for. I see. That's why I was like, oh no, it was because I said other world. I threw you off. And I fully recognize that. If I had said the afterlife featuring Tony Collette. I immediately would have thought ghosts. Okay, and I probably still would have died because I just the sixth sense is like the last movie I think of, but I would have been at least on the right trail or not as surprised. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm only holding a small grudge. Listen, that's fine as long as you don't die in the dip of a, grip of a rage. <laughs> yeah, I didn't last week. I might this week. We'll see. This is true. It could happen. No, it's not going to happen. Well, you never know. No, no. Okay, well, that said, I guess if we're both already lying here, should we play the, <laughs> place our heads on the chopping block? <laughs> Might as well. Let's get a double chopping block so we can lay side by side. A sleep number chopping block. <laughs> yes. Mindset to 16. I don't know what the numbers mean. I, I'll take four. <laughs> Ah! <laughs>
block. It's a game. It's a question and answer game. Sure is. Uh, where we present each other with three categories from which to choose. We choose our category. Each category, uh, well, the and also the one that you choose, <laughs> has five questions in it. You have to answer all five questions. You have ten seconds to answer these questions. Unless you call out, I want the wig. In which case, Jamie Lee Curtis's wig, made of straw, from the 1981 film Halloween 2, descends upon your head and confuses our non-binary executioner, the heads they, earning you an additional 10 seconds to um, answer the, the thing. If you get anything wrong, you are dead. It's donezo, game over. If you get it right, if you get all five questions right, that's um, good for you. Wow, it's compelling content. Mm-hmm. Listen, you ask me questions first because I died second last time, or I went second and then I died. <laughs> Am I the same, Stacy? As, you know, before the chopping block began? How many times have I died and then been reconstituted every week? No wonder there's diminishing returns. By the time this show finally is mercifully put out of its misery, uh, I'll just be a big blob of uh, hoo <laughs> Babbling nonsense. More than I already... I'll be hoo with a wig, baby. hoo with a wig! <laughs> She's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be me, cause you I know, you die and then you get put back together again for next week. It's you know, certainly you're not coming back as fresh as you were. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, there's this definite expiration date at that point. No, oh, for sure. Um, I am so excited for this, and I don't think you're gonna die, Stacy. I think you're going to get any and every one of these three categories. The three new. What? New and nude categories that (laughs) I'm going to present to you. I'm so excited. Your categories are You Never Forget Your First, in which I name. That was upsetting. I name a horror director, and you tell me their first feature film. That's oh, it. Oh, okay. They're typical. They're they're horror films too. This isn't like you know, Lucio Fulci, and it's the the seven cowboys for seven brides or whatever <laughs> movie he would have made. Uh, so you know, it's stuff you know. Uh, second category is synonymous with. And now this is in honor of a uh, little Portland pal of mine and Gaylord's listener, Tom Hilton. He did a f- short film called Synonymous With, which is about a horror host. And it just went through all these festivals and now it's available to watch on Vimeo. And um, so for the Synonymous With category, I tell you, oh, well, uh, what did I, I wrote it. I'll just say what I wrote. Name the real movie title from the Synonymous movie title. If this makes sense. So, like, I would say Arachnid Infant, and you would say... Spider Baby. There you go! See? It's synonymous synonymous with, right? Okay. 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 Well, this is going over great. And then your third third category... It's a word game. It's a word game. Okay. 
Your third category is Happy Horror Days because it's December, baby. We don't know how we got here. I'm upset. Uh, so it's the holiday season. So for Happy Horror Days, you have 50 seconds to name five holiday-themed horror movies. Oh, boy. There's only 10,000 of these horror movies I out there. know, but... And they are not specifically horror, like Christmas, December holidays. Any calendar holiday counts. Oh. It doesn't have to be in the title. It's any calendar holiday horror films. You have to name five of them. Five titles makes you a winner. I see. But ten titles... Now keep in mind, you win at five. But if you get ten titles, you unlock a new new wig. (laughs) And I'll tell you which one. You unlock Karen Huger's Cousin It wig from The Real Housewives of Potomac. Oh... All right, so your categories are You Never Forget Your First, all about, you know, first feature film from a horror director, Synonymous With, it's a word game, or Happy Horror Days, five titles make you a winner, ten titles unlock Karen Huger's Cousin Itwig, and I'll tell you what it does later. The wig? Mm Mm-hmm. Does something special? Yeah, it has a special, it has special stats. Oh my. Well, that seems tempting. But I'm afraid. Because <laughs> <laughs> those big ones always scare me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, the wordplay is the most tempting, but then there's that wig. <laughs> you know how I feel. This is, I've, she, she has said that in bed. Like, you never forget your first time. You know, honey, big ones always scare me. There is that wig. I'm putting on a different wig and exiting your room. Me too. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Uh. Oh, I have to pick. Uh. Oh, what's a holiday? You can't think about it. <laughs> I know, but okay, um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for the big one, baby. The wigs. You know do... happy horror days? I'm going to try. The wigs. So it, <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't have to be in the title. It no. just has to be a holiday? Just any, you know, they're predominantly, I mean, it's easiest to go with slashers, right? But yeah. any holiday based holiday centered like not like die hard like we're not like die harding it here where people say like there's always that fucking asshole especially in the last three years every fucking white guy and i'm like shut up chad nobody cares (laughs) okay so i won't say die hard okay i won't say die hard you can't say die hard but you know just like holiday based horror films there are so many okay and i'm saying any calendar holiday Okay. So, like, if Boxing Day was a movie, like it should be, because we have a great plot for it, it would be perfect for this. Okay. So, okay, you going for it? I'm going to go for it. All right, Wish so me luck. I'm going to keep focused on that wig. Since you have chosen it, um, and to keep you... <laughs> so, five titles make you a winner. 
10 titles unlock once again Karen Huger's Cousin It wig from The Real Housewives of Potomac. And what this wig does is it affords you, much like Karen Huger, an unreliable amount of time. <laughs> so you win a random amount of time depending on my whim. <laughs> I see, okay. And my perception of reality, much like Karen Huger. <laughs> I see. Okay, that's fair. All right. How do we feel about sequels? Uh, oh, th- thank you for asking. No. Damn it. No sequels, nor remakes. Oh, farts. Okay. There's so many, though. I know. I'm gonna... Okay, all right. And remember, you have two wigs already. Yeah. You still have Wig of the Dead. Yeah. Okay. So you could get up to 70 seconds to do this. Okay. All right. You ready? Sure. Happy Horror Days. Five tiles make you winner. Ten tiles make you cool. <laughs> Starting three, two, one, go. A uh, wig, please. Uh, yep. New, New Year's Evil. Yep. My Bloody Valentine. Mm-hmm. Valentine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halloween. Yes. Trick or Treat. Yes. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Absolutely. Christmas Evil. Um, uh oh. <laughs> Leprechaun? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh oh. Uh, the children, would you take that or is that Die Hard? Um, we'll take it. Um, 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 uh, oh, 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 no. Um, uh, oh, uh, Peter Rottentail. Um, what the fuck? It's, uh, one of those. Bo- Never mind. Um, uh, we'll uh, take it. Um, uh, graduation day. <laughs> um, uh, 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 Christmas time. Black Christmas! Was <laughs> <laughs> that ten? That was exactly 10. Now, our judges are evaluating, and I'll tell you why. P- Peter Rottentail? What? I'm looking at It's one up. of those full movie, full movie. Is that movie. Die Hard? No, it's one it's of what? It's one of those, like, full moon bullshit movies. Oh, that looks cool. It's a full-on evil Easter bunny? Yeah. I love that, like... You didn't get April Fool's Day, but you got Peter oh, yeah. Rottentail. Yeah. April Fool's Day. Thank goodness I said Christmas time or else I never would have gotten Black Christmas. You did great. You could have also said in place of Peter Rottentail, Blood Rage. Oh, yeah. Oh. You know, I love that that movie's having its moment now. It's a Thanksgiving movie. It deserves it. It's it really a, does. I just did my screening of it, my annual screening last night, and I, man, that movie is everything on this planet, and and then some. Um, you could have said Thanks Killing, another Thanksgiving horror film, which I also actually haven't seen. Uh, Mother's Day. Oh yeah. <sighs> Good job, Stacy. May I present to you Karen Huger's cousin Itwig from The Real Housewives of Potomac. And- to my wig wall <laughs> you are amassing a wig wall <laughs> you now uh, have the wig of the dead which will gain you 10 extra seconds anytime you need it 
And you now have Karen Huger's cousin Itwig from the Real Housewives of Potomac, which will gain you an undetermined amount of time. I'm wiped out. You did a big one. You did a big, big one. <laughs> the children, or is that Die Hard? <laughs> <laughs> you knew what I meant, though. Uh, okay. Well, you only have, I'm afraid, one new category this week. Okay. And that new category is the blank of someone. <laughs> is this like the something of someone? This is like the something of someone, except I say the blank of someone, and you tell me what the blank is. So if I said like the blank of Julia, you would say the haunting of Julia. Oh. You see, it's a new twist on an old fave. Oh. So the blank of someone. The second category is evil dies at some point. (laughs) We assume. Uh, In this category, you have 50 seconds. Or 60, if you ask for a wig, to name as many movies as you can that have the word evil in the title. No sequels are allowed. If you name five, you win. If you name ten, you get a bonus wig. You're turning my own evil carny whims against me. That's right. You earn Jamie Lee Curtis's wig from the 2021 film Halloween Bangs. (laughs) Which will grant you 10 extra seconds in the future. Oh, God bless. As I said, no sequels allowed, but remakes are okay. And your third category this week is another oldie. There's always room for Giallo, in which I give you the title of a Giallo film, and you tell me if it's a real movie or a movie I made up. It's so good, because all those titles, all those fucking Giallo titles. Yeah, they're so nonsense, cuckalamanza. So, category one, the blank of someone. Category two, evil dies at some point. And category three, there's always room for Jallo. See, I'm like so tempted by the evil because like you, I keep imagining that wig on my wig wall, which is empty. I'll tell you no. But you're afraid of a big one. I'm afraid of a big one. (laughs) That's ten. It's ten. Ten movies with the title evil in in the name? Right. I don't... uh... Have I ever gotten five? Ever? I think think once. I think you have. But typically I'm a four and done kind of girl. A three sometimes. Oh, but I want the... No, no, no. I'm not... No, I know my limits. So I'm going to go with the taking of Deborah Logan, please. The blank of someone. Okay, you'll get these. So, what? you know, yeah, I say the blank of someone and you tell me what the blank is. You know how it works. So if, if I said the blank of Deborah Logan, you'd be like the taking. If I said, you know, old lady, what's her name? You would say the taking of Deborah Logan. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, so you have a wig. Just the one. Just the one, thanks. Just the one economy wig. <laughs> so 
<laughs> just the the floor model simply strode <laughs> strictly strode yeah okay you'll get these though oh. you'll go home. we'll both we'll, we'll go home holding hands in victory okay i will have three wigs on my head <laughs> <laughs> As is her fashion. My Russian nesting wigs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Are you ready? The blank of someone, number one. The blank of Laura Mars. The eyes. Yes, ding, ding, ding. Oh. Number two. The blank of Sarah. What? What? I want the wig. Um, wait, of Sarah? Who's Sarah? What movie is this? The, 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 um, the, the chastising of Sarah? (laughs) Well, it seems I will be holding hands with... A corpse. Myself. Because you failed to say the initiation of Sarah. God damn it! Oh no! We've been talking about this movie so much too in our spare time. It didn't even dawn on It came nowhere near me. It came nowhere near me. In my mind, I was like, how hard could this be? You just say the one word that you know. Apparently it's pretty hard. That's so hard. Why is that not hard? <laughs> You're crazy. That's not hard. Why did I die? Uh, it's a mystery lost to time. I'm a, I'm a fraud. I am a fucking fraud. Well, um, you lived your life like a candle in the wind. <laughs> Unreliable. <laughs> Easily extinguished. <laughs> Please say this all at my funeral. <laughs> you know, I was listening to the new episode of uh, the Faculty of Horror, our pal yeah. over there, and I thought at the end of their show, I thought honestly about just like downloading it and copying it and playing it at the end of our episode because they do such a great job of being like, "Here's what you can do." <laughs> I love that I love that you can't even begin to say what it is. Like where you can find their show, how you can support the show, things like that. And they were so great and it wasn't gross or anything. And I just thought they do it so well. And I just have such a hard time with it. So literally just like take you're saying we don't even take the script and just substitute like we don't mad libs it and just put in Gaylord's terms. I was gonna just straight up edit their clip into our show yeah just put it so then at the end of gaylord's darkness you find out everything you need to know about faculty horror and how and where to support and listen (laughs) (laughs) well we could if if need be if they did if there was a time when they said faculty of horror we could dub in like gaylord's of darkness oh yeah with the robot voice yeah, but then it would just be like Andrea talking and being like, you know, you can support, like, you can subscribe to us, Gay Lords of Darkness. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> suddenly we just go mute and then it's just them and robot voices. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't our last one end with, like, us arguing over not understanding what subscribing <laughs> means? 
Yeah, look, people know by now. Unless I should always try to remember that every episode could be somebody's first episode. Uh, No, I should try to channel. Listen to Faculty of Horror, P.S., if you don't already. Yeah, the new episodes on the torture porns. Uh, So what did they say? You can support the show by subscribing. You could leave a review. You could tell a friend about the show. Spread the word. Oh. You can find out all about us at gaylordsofdarkness.com. We're on Twitter at gaylordsofd. We're on Instagram at gaylordsofdarkness. I guess that's it. (laughs) It's not so hard. No, but you did a great job. Thanks. It did sound like at any moment, like it's like the blood test and the thing. (laughs) And at any moment, it's just going to explode out of you. Like, it just goes against all of your biology. Yeah. Oh, one thing I do want to say to people is that I do apologize to anybody who has, like, left a comment or sent a message or whatever on Facebook. Because I don't know about you, Anthony, but finding anything it's so the hard. Gaylord's page is, like, impossible. I have to fucking do the Da Vinci Code every time to find a message that someone sent us. And I never find anything. It's so fucking hard. I th- well, and it's confusing because face they changed the pages, so now it's just not a thing. You click, you have to go to this other business suite, and then click another thing, and then it shows me that there's notifications, but I still don't know how to find them. <laughs> exactly. And it, so it's like it's a maze into a maze into a maze to not find an answer. Yeah. And I'm Jack Nicholson, frozen in the maze at the end. <laughs> yeah. And I don't understand it. I've also been like, yeah, I've been shitty at the, the the internets. So sorry, listeners. Thank you. But thank you for the ones that have figured out how to get a hold of us. Thank you for engaging us with human tofu and Clarice Starling memes. <laughs> Very grateful. Sure. Very grateful. Uh we'll be back next week, right? Uh don't know what we're gonna talk about. But we'll let you know. You can find out on Mondays we post what we're going to talk about on Wednesday. Yeah. So that's uh, incredibly exciting. Yeah, it gives you two days to review review the film. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. Uh, Bye. Right? Oh, God. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! God. Oh Oh my my god! God. Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, ha, ha.